All right. We back. Let's do it again. Ooh, yeah. Let's do it again. EXO Sports Talk coming to you live one more time with episode number 12. EXO Sports Talk live. And we're here, fellas. What's up? What's going on, guys? How's it going? How's everybody? What's happening, dudes, man? How's everybody doing again, man? Good. And you too, man. Good to see you, fellas. Always good to see you. Absolutely, man. Terry, man, give us some news, man. All right, all right. So at this time, Exo Sports Talk would like to send our condolences to the families that lost loved ones and the collapse of the Champlain Tower South Complex in Surfside, Florida. Our hearts go out to the families that are anxious, anxiously waiting for updates as first responders are currently searching for survivors. Exo Sports Talk will keep all those involved in this tragedy, including the first responders in our thoughts and prayers. Absolutely. absolutely. Yes, yes, absolutely. Amen. And with that, also Exo Sports would like to thank all the viewers and listeners for their support. We're currently streaming on all media podcast platforms. Please feel free to post any comments or suggestions on how we can improve the show. If you if this is the first time you are watching, please hit the subscribe and the notification bell. Please tell family and friends, help us grow this and we can all grow together. Once again, thank you. Yes. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate you guys out there. Yes. Thanks, all the listeners. Absolutely. And uh, my my heart goes out to to the ones that have been lost, and my heart goes out to the ones that have been able to survive this. And let's hope that the they can find more people yes. alive. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Surfside, uh, we're praying for you, Surfside. Yes, yes, indeed. Absolutely. Malcolm. Yes, yes. WNBA. What's the yes. scoop? All right. In the world of WNBA, Diana Tarazi, to me, she's the legend. Uh, she just scored a 9,000 point. Wow. She's, she's doing a great job. I mean, so many years in the WNBA. She's a multi gold medalist winner, an MVP. She's a multi-all-star. I mean, she's just a great player. And I've said it before, to me, she had the, the prettiest jump shot in basketball ever since she was like a sophomore in college at UConn, doing her thing, winning national championships with UConn. Great player, great, great, just great person. Just love watching her play. Absolutely. Excellent player. Oh, oh my goodness. Hey. <laughs> she's awesome a legend. Player. I mean, what, what can we say? She's, she's a legend. Ab- absolutely. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, oh, I mean, always enjoy watching her play. And Malcolm, incredible, she's incredible. she's still doing these numbers at the age of thirty-nine. Am I right? Thirty-nine, thirty-nine, wow. still doing work. Unbelievable! Wow. Wow. It's like the Kobe Bryant of women's basketball. Yeah, that's definitely. awesome. Definitely. Yeah. Just got selected to the uh, Olympics again. Five-time uh, U.S. Olympian. Mm-hmm. All right, mm-hmm. listen. Mm-hmm. That's that's that has legendary written all over it. I wonder if she can help me with my jump shot. You know, my, my jump shot's been falling a little weak lately. I wonder if she can help me out with that. You need more to her help, bro. Huh? <laughs> Come on, Malcolm. <laughs> hey, man. 
I just need a few jumpers a day, man. About shoot yeah. up 100 jump shots a day. Uh, I might yeah. be, I might be able to get there. The only jump shot you can do is a sub going in your mouth. <laughs> that's, that's Slam dunk. Yep. It's better be from Jersey Mike's. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Jersey Mike, we salute you, Jersey Mike. Uh, Emerson, give us, yeah, um, give us the Stanley Cup update. Listen, man, I'm telling you, this this is going to be a great series. We are here now. We've seen the hard-fought series that they just both, both those teams, the Montreal Canadiens, now Tampa Bay Lightning, they are meeting head-to-head for the Stanley Cup. I know Tampa Bay wants to bring it home again. They want to make their fans in Tampa who are just coming off a Super Bowl win. I, I know they're excited down there, but I'm telling you, I don't think Montreal is going away easy. Um, Tampa Bay, as we're speaking right now, are leading one nothing. Um, according to my last report. Um, this is going to be a great series. I think both teams are well coached. Both teams um, are, are ready for this, this battle that's going to decide who's going to be the winner, take all for the Stanley Cup trophy. I'm excited about this series. I can't wait to finish watching it. Um, so I, I get your popcorn ready. It's going to be a good one. Um, Stanley Cup is here. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Montreal Canadiens. I love that city of Montreal. Montreal, I'm rooting for you. Let's go. <laughs> and Brian, who who do you have in this series? I'm going to go with the Canadians. I think they're hot right now. Um, pull out a couple of game sevens. And it's going to be interesting just because of these two teams. Normally, they play each other a couple of times in the season, but with the COVID and the way they broke up the division, they have not played. This is the first time they play each other. So it's going to be interesting, but I'm going to take the Canadians. How about you, Malcolm? I'm going with Tampa Bay, the defending champs, man. I mean, unfortunately, this seems like it's title town down there now, and you know, they got Brady and all that down there. You know, they're sitting there doing their thing. I'm going with Tampa Bay. <laughs> now, how about you, Terry? Yeah, I'm with Malcolm. I'm going with Tampa Bay, uh, defending champions. Um, they 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 have high skilled players that can score the puck. Their defense is elite, and um, their goalie is like the front runner to to win the uh, MVP of the finals, Stanley Cup finals. So yeah. the Con Smith uh, Trophy. So He's or tough. Con yeah. Smith. Con Smith. Yep. Yeah. Well. I Emerson um, will know this. Um, when we were about 17 or 18, our church used to go to Montreal. Montreal. And there was this great rib house. Oh, my goodness. In Montreal. Yes. And yes. on a Sunday, I was able to meet the legendary Gary Carter from the New York Mets. I he was sitting that. there. And I didn't want to, you know, be, hey, Gary Carter. And I just tapped him. I says, hey, Gary. And he, and he was very nice and polite. And he said, hey, Aaron. No, he didn't say, hey, Aaron. He just said, hi. And I kept on going. And that was very nice because he could have said, you know what? Leave me alone. Yeah. Why are you bothering me? But at I least remember that. he did say hi. And it was nice. I'm going with Montreal. All right. I hope Montreal wins. I wish I could go up there 
when they went and have some ribs because I don't want to see nothing out of Tampa Bay anymore. I don't want to see the Tampa Bay Lightning winning the Stanley Cup and then seeing Tom Brady partying yeah, with yeah. Gronk and those <laughs> guys during the it's parade. It's going to be a party in Tampa if the Lightning win. Yes, oh. I don't oh, want to yeah. see nothing. Because yeah. we saw that a, a few years ago when the um, Boston Red Sox yeah. won the um, World mm-hmm. Series and the Boston Bruins won the Cup. And so I'm like, no, I don't want to see none of this. And then <laughs> and they can go into history books and say, put it on Jeopardy. Tom Brady won the Super Bowl in Tampa Bay. What other team won down there in Tampa Bay? Forget oh. it. Oh, man. <laughs> Guys, oh. major league pick- pitchers, inspection by umpires, fair or foul? Emerson. Woo. Well, listen. There's been a lot of ticky-tack stuff going on in the world of baseball from the pitchers and um, the um, the umpires are now trying to crack down on some things. Um, They're checking, they're checking uh, uniforms, they're checking hats, they're checking gloves. They want to see if you're using anything to give you an edge while you're out there pitching. So I I think it's, um, I think it's good that we can get a a fair game. as opposed to someone getting the advantage, um, whether they're using something slick on the baseball, whatever, whatever's going on or whether, whatever they're expe- um, suspecting that the pitchers may be doing at this time. So I'm hoping that uh, we can clean the game up so that everybody gets a fair shake and the hitters can get back to doing what they're doing, hitting the ball out of the ballpark. And how about you, Terry? Uh, well, I'll call fair on this only because um, Major League Baseball kind of alerted teams last year that they were going to be doing this. Um, You know, right now, the league is on pace, like the league batting average is on pace to be one of the lowest um, since Mm -hmm. 1968. I think right now, the batting average for the league is like 236. Mm Mm-hmm. So, you know, in actual reality, I think Major League Baseball kind of knew that something was going on. You know, um, I I don't want to say it's illegal, but I just think pitchers look for whatever advantage they can get to get a good grip on the ball and um, increase the spin rate on the ball. So um, I know, was it this past Sunday – the pitcher for the Mariners, Hector Santiago, got um, ejected. First player to be ejected for foreign substance. But mm-hmm. check back with the Mariners and just say, hey, you know, it was rosin. It was an 80 degree day. He was sweating <laughs> and it was a humid day. So yeah. um, I just don't see how they're going to stop it, but we'll see what happens. But I'll call fair because they gave fair warning last year. Now, now, Terry, I, I have a question to that. Was that game in Seattle? Um, I'm not sure about that. I do know that it was a warm day. I mean, just basically the whole was, country was in a heat wave. But yes. So the, Jeff Fox. Yep. <laughs> and how about you, Malcolm? Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna say foul. One, they might have gave warning, but they did nothing to it. If you're gonna stop it, you stop it in preseason. 
let them know so they can get used to what they're doing to the ball. The ball is slippery. I mean, it is. They got to get a grip on it. But you can't stop them in the middle of the season from using whatever substance they were using that you allowed in um, preseason for them to use. So they got to get used to it, you know. And and like you said, uh, one pitcher complained that uh, it's putting more stress on his forearm now because he has to grip the ball tighter to squeeze it to make it do what it does. I mean, they should have an approved substance that all the pitchers can use, and the major leagues approves it, you know, straight off the top. That way there's no argument. You know, but like you said, a pitcher's gonna try to get the advantage that they get anyway. But the, it ain't from the substance of the uh, batting average that Brother Terry was talking about. It's because they're just striking out too much. Like I said before, they're swinging for the fences. They're trying to get their stats up. So ain't nobody sitting there trying to you know play for average or swing for average no more. They're just swinging for the fences. It's all on that long ball. Now, <laughs> uh, to me, what I, um, about the player Hector Santiago? My personal feelings was this make him change his glove mm-hmm. change his glove and then you tell tell the manager and the pitcher and the catcher if we see one thing on his glove that looks like any kind of substance he's out of the game and then the league should suspend him for a game but because they said the weather was humid and it was sticky and he was using the rosin bag, I don't know if his hands were wet, sweating, and that that rosin stuff just stuck to his glove. And only the umpire said that it was sticky. So, you know, to me, I think um, Major League Baseball, they're going to have to, in the offseason, really start defining the rules more about what happens if they do catch a, a pitcher that they feel maybe, shall we say, um, trying to get make something to his advantage. How about you, Brian? Major League Baseball, it's fair. You definitely want to try to improve the game, but they have to address it in a proper way. They, Like Malcolm said, they – they didn't bring it to the attentions of how they actually was going to acclimate this into the game. Players have been kind of doing this and they've been getting by. They're letting them get by with it. And Major League Baseball kind of turned a blind eye. And I think they are having an issue with what T was saying. Major League uh, batting averages, 238 pitchers have improved. Now you got them maybe using something to enhance them a little bit better. So baseball is trying to crack down. Uh, I think they need to address it and make a determined way of how they're going to do about it. And I think they are also going to somewhere down the line, I think they're going to change the, the shift. And I think that's going to be a major part in all of this as well. Yeah. Interesting. Let's see what happens this baseball season. Well, they they might they might do what the NFL do did years ago with the stickum. Remember mm-hmm. back in the late seventies and early eighties, players was using stickum to make sure they can get those interceptions. <laughs> but 
who knows what might happen. <laughs> well, the, we're in the a new only, day. We're in a new day and a new time. The the only time the umpires will give pitchers a break is in the winter time, because at times pitchers cannot feel get a good grip of the baseball, and they don't want the pitchers hitting somebody upside the head. You're talking about on, on a cold face. day when they come cold, blow on their hands. Right. This is in the springtime. Yes. Because spring and also still, the, the fall also. Yes. Because sometimes they don't have control on, on the ball. So that's the only time that they will look the other way and say, okay, you can do this today. But when the, when the warm weather comes, no, they don't want to hear it. And that's what mm. they're saying. They're, they're not definitive. Um, yep. Yeah, they're not definitive at all. Now, the evil empire of George Steinbrenner, the New York Yankees, they can't hit. (laughs) (laughs) Yankees uh, lose! Yankees lose! You know, we've we've discussed this on um, a few programs that um, the um, home run ball isn't there and the runs are not there. So the Yankees have now moved Aaron Judge at 6-7 to play center field at times. Should Aaron Judge be playing center field at times for the New York Yankees? I'm going to give this one to Malcolm. We know he can play center field, but is he? I say no. You're wasting him out there. Put him in right field where he is. He's a threat no matter where he is. Because won't nobody run on his arm. You know, but he shouldn't be tracking balls right to left, you know, and he gets hurt easy all the time. That's our problem is keeping him on the field. And I don't, we don't need him diving for balls and stuff like that. You put him in right field, he's limited, you know, to where he has to run and how much he has to cover. So they have no choice right now. What they should do is trade for a player, which obviously I don't know what uh, Brian Cashman, the GM, is waiting for. I mean, you have my man over there in uh, Arizona. Marte, I like that kid. You know, he's a switch hitter, too. He's young. And he's still, you know, still on the books for, you know, he don't have to get a big money yet until he uh, go to the next contract or so. But he's like I said, we need to – we got to do something. We have a kid in the minor leagues who they refuse to bring up, Esteban Florio, who's a great talent. They refuse to bring him up. So I don't know what they're waiting for because they got to do something because we're, we're, we're hurting at center field. And we were hurting at first base. We're still hurting at first base. Until Luke Voigt just came. But like you said, they're not they're not just a good team right now hitting the ball. They're not consistent. They're just uh they there's nothing, nothing there for them to get on a big rally, you know what I mean? They they're just all or nothing. Seems that way. And how about you, Terry? Well, I I think the Yankees are doing what they need to do at the time to kind of um plug holes in a uh a, a sinking ship right now. Um I agree with Malcolm. He doesn't need to be in center field, but uh, they're just, in my opinion, they're doing what they can do right now until they can make a move or, or a trade. And, um, you know, the, the hitting, I, you know, they have a lot of power hitters in that lineup. I mean, we discussed this in earlier shows. Um, you got to get back to just putting the bat on the ball. Um I've heard Tony Gwen say, even on off days, he never took a day off. He always hit off the tee because he knew if he lost that outside corner of the plate, 
his career was over. So you just, is you just got to get back to hitting at the end of the day. You can yeah. hit, you can hit home runs, but you got to put the bat in the ball as well. Yeah. Sinking ship. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you just jump in the water and let Ben Simmons catch you? Uh... <laughs> How about you, Brian? Oh, uh... I agree with Malcolm. I think they are – he can play it, but I, he definitely doesn't need to be there. And the Yankees got enough bats. Uh, they just not hitting. So call up one of the young, younger players. Let them play center field. See what they can do. Uh, I, I know the loss to the Red Sox hurt, but you got you to gotta see what these younger guys can do because right now they need a spark. And so you get a trade or something, you, you got to do something. And how about you, Emerson? Well, let me just say this. You know, um, I don't think Aaron Judge can be the great Mickey Rivers nor uh, Bernie Williams out there in center field. Because then we know there was only one Mick the Quick Rivers and Bernie who played that center field like nobody else's business. I like him in right field, like Malcolm said. I think um, just for... Uh, purpose of, of his limitations, um, keep him in right field where he has a cannon of an arm. We know that. Mm-hmm. Leave him in right field and leave him alone. I like Aaron Judge over there in that right corner. I like Aaron Judge over in, in, in the right corner, but it also says this young man at 6'7 is a tremendous athlete. Yes, he is. Oh, yeah, yes. definitely. To, to go and play center field. Because not that many right fielders, you can say, okay, go play center field. I mean, for that man at that size to still go out and play center field and, and say, and when the managers say, hey, I need you to go play center field, he's like, okay, I'll do it for the team. Most guys will be like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not going to center field. I'm not going to go dive and get banged up. And I'm and I and I'm not and I didn't get that long-term contract yet. And right field, yeah, you. I mean, he's a, he's got a lethal arm, but we all know that when you play center field, you're diving. Imagine a man at six seven when he when he hits the pay dirt. That's a lot of weight coming down, and that's a lot of pounding on a man that hasn't played a full healthy season yet. A lot of ground, and that's center field for the Yankee Stadium. Yes, it is. He broke his uh his, his rib a year ago. I mean, two years ago, and they didn't they didn't diagnose it till a year ago that it was broken, yeah. and he had to sit out for like two months. <clears throat> yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, diving for a ball. I'm like, call up one of the players. They got well, to, they got to make some moves. They got to yeah. make moves. Well, one thing with um, Brian Cashman. He does. He's very cheap at times that he doesn't want to start the clock because when you bring a player yes. up, you start the clock. Mm-hmm. Well, it's after, so, I'm sorry to cut you off, brother. No, go ahead. It's after mm-hmm. May. That clock goes the next year, so it doesn't start yet. It starts okay. any time before May 15th. Okay. So he's he's very funny with that. But but let me say this: you you have to. Use these players that you 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 invested all this money in these 
these players um, from the farm system. Let, let, let's see what they can do. Why, why, why are we going to keep them down there when there's a player that's injured? Now is the time to bring that player up. Okay, oh, maybe he wasn't ready at the beginning of the, of the year when you broke camp. But now there's a need for him. Let's see who's the best player you have at your AAA level, and let's bring him up and give him a shot. Give him 25, 35, 40 at-bats. Let's see what he can do. Put him out there in the outfield, and let's see what we have. Uh, at least you know what you have going into next year. Um, can we bring this kid on the roster for next year? Let's start um, letting those players play. Um, bring them up from the minor leagues. I, I love minor league yeah. players. Bring but, them up. but to play devil's advocate, you will sometimes have a report that will come to the general manager and say, this kid's not ready. Mm-hmm. Even though he may be a type top prospect, your scouting department may say he's not ready. And if you and- bring him up to face top pitching, you may wind up, the kid may wind up having a setback. So, And, and I, I totally agree with you there. I mean, we don't want to um, bring up our young players and their confidence is shattered. But I have seen some young players on um, teams. I, I know some of my – from my Los Angeles Dodgers, players have been traded way too soon and have gone on to other teams and been able to play a major role for that team. Um, I understand. You're right, brother. Yeah. You're know, right, good brother. It happens. Yeah, it's hit, listen, it's hit listen, or miss. I'm glad you said that, Aaron. Robinson Cano, when they called him up, they said he wasn't ready. Yeah, he, went yes. like over, he went like over 22. Oh. Oh, like, like, yes, one for, yes, like one for yes. 22, his first 22 up back, yes. something like that. And they exactly. said he wasn't ready. And Robinson, but they let the kid play. They said, we didn't bring him up here for his bat. We brought him up here for his defense, and we want him. And they said he had no speed, which he doesn't. They said mm-hmm. all he is is a, you know, a slap hitter, left and right field. He mm-hmm. wound up being one of – if had he stayed a Yankee, oh my God. he might have been a Hall of Famer. I'm I love you right Robinson Canelo. Had yeah. he been yeah. a Yankee, stayed a Yankee, but he went for the money, and Cashman said, hey, we're not going to give you that money because Seattle gave him, I agree, an outrageous contract, which it was. But um, you got to you got to bring these kids up. I'm sorry, yeah. you got to see what they can do. Yeah. I mean, give them give them 30, 40 at bats, okay? Absolutely. Let, let, let's see, let's see what they can do. You, you another team may see something you don't see the value in them. Exactly. Says, okay, we'll take that kid. You know that you sit down, but we'll give you this guy for him. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. You know, it is what it is, and like I said, I wouldn't. I just don't nobody want to trade with Tampa Bay because they steal players. If, they, if, if Tampa Bay is is interested in a player on your team, you better they believe go. they see something you don't. Yep. So so you say ah nah we will we'll, we'll say no to that one. No. <laughs> and, uh, they rob Pittsburgh. They rob Pittsburgh. And uh, and a few years ago, um, the the reason why Aaron Judge is playing center field is because of um, Aaron Hicks. And when the Yankees made the trade to get Hicks, Hicks went the the year batting under 200. Mm -hmm. And everybody was saying, why is this kid in the lineup? He couldn't hit this. He couldn't hit to save his life. Mm -hmm. And now (laughs) he's got a $70 million contract looking good. (laughs) When he's healthy, he's a player. Yeah, well, he's healthy. He's a, he's a good player. I ain't saying a great player. Malcolm, he's a good player. He's that compliment. What was yeah. your words last week? Always, always. The best ability is availability, and he's no. not available. He's gone he's for the year. Available. Yep. he's gone yep. for the year. 
And guys, um, San Diego Padres, Fernando Tatis has 25 home runs before the All-Star break. Will he hit 50 or more home runs by the end of the season? I'm going to start off with Terry. Kids a talent, uh, major talent. Um, it It's hard to say, but I think he's got a good shot to do it. Um, if he can stay healthy, um, let's not forget that he was uh, diagnosed with a partial t- shoulder tear and he's playing through that. So he has a good shot to do it, but we'll see. But the kid is, he's a talent. He's got the it factor. Um, he's just hes just good. I, I don't know what else to say about him. He's just that good. Emerson? Hey, I, I'm in total agreement with Terry on this one. What a player. What a player. Five-tool player. I mean, we, we, can, we can put all the accolades there for him. Um, he's an amazing – he's – as I – term I like to use much must watch TV when he's up when they're playing you want to watch it even when they're playing my Dodgers I'm like oh god um, to answer to your question Aaron 50 home runs I think is going to be a little out of reach because teams are aware of his ability I think they will start pitching to him differently going forward this year I think um, pitching coaches will find a way to either work around him in the lineup or just like I said, pitch to him differently because you you just don't want to you just don't want to give him that chance. You're just gonna say we're gonna let someone else beat us. It won't be him. <laughs> <laughs> and how about you, Malcolm? Fifty home runs. Not this year. He'll probably definitely get 45, 47, maybe. I mean, he'll definitely get forty home runs if he stays healthy, of course. And the, uh, like everyone says, it's, it's no secret. The kid's an immense talent. He, he can ball. He just comes out and he, and he shows it too. He's a showman. He's a showman out there. He swings that Love bat it. and plays. I mean, he told a lot of throwing errors in the, in the field, you know, because he got 15 errors already. But the kids, he's, he's such a great hitter, such a great ball player. I mean, incredible. How about you, Brian? I think he might hit that plateau. I think he may get 50. I think mm. he's that talented. Um, n- not along along with, uh, I'm going to throw in there, I think Vlad Guerrero might get it as well. Ooh. Yes. I think he may hit it. Uh, his batting average is still high. He's still in the three, uh, 330s, close to 350, I believe, somewhere in there. So I think those two may do it. If the pitcher is Otani. Yeah, Otani. Let's not forget Otani. He gets 40. <laughs> which is possible all bets are off so i think he will do it though oh Tony! <laughs> the, the thing that i admire about this kid is he's the big smile he's having fun all natural ability and it's just like yeah i'm, I'm doing this i'm having fun with it Sm- smiling laughing and no pressure just yeah. go out there and play kid and that's what the managers don't, don't play. <laughs> managers not tell them hey calm down get that 
You have to get it serious here. <laughs> Let him play. <laughs> He's like, yeah. Be you. You want some chewing gum to go with it? Go, go out Be there and you. have some fun. Yes. <laughs> so uh, if this kid can just keep having fun and the bat doesn't tighten up, I can I can see him hitting 50 home runs. And um, I don't when's the last time you've seen 50 home runs from a shortstop remember he has that shoulder um that alex chair. rodriguez alex rodriguez yeah yeah, yeah. so i uh, you know i'm rooting for the kid to hit 50 home runs and i know you guys are too and so we'll be keeping our eye on him all right doc rivers reminds me of a country song Stand by your man, Ben Simmons. I I want to call him Glenn. Hey, Glenn. <laughs> That's all I want to call him. I don't even want to put the rest of the last name on it. Hey, you Glenn. Strip him of his doctor. Yeah. No. I'm stripping him of that, Glenn. Now, now, Doc Rivers said that he's going to stand by the kid, and they're going to work with him in the in the off season. So. I'm going to start this one with Malcolm. I don't think he has a choice. <laughs> Be honest with you. Uh, he's going to try to work with him. Hopefully he gets somebody, you know, because uh, my man, Chris Jackson, my boo, if I said his name right, he volunteered to help him. He said, look, I know you got a lot of people in your corner. Everybody talking in your ear. He was one of the great shooters before, yes, you know, he was. and he was all mechanics, everything, form, everything. His shooting touch was everything. So he could work with you. He, I know he can improve you. He's, he, if anything, the minute he offered, I'd have been like, when can you be here or do I have to meet you? <laughs> and what gym are we going to? And what, how, much is the, uh, how much is the plane ticket? Because I'm going to definitely have you come here. And, and what do you like to eat for dinner? Because my man, he would, he would definitely improve your shot, improve your confidence, improve everything you got, you know? Because he needs help. We already said that before. It's no secret. And Doc Rivers need help, too. Hands down. Because Doc Rivers' career depends upon him as far as him keeping a job. Because he shouldn't have had a job this year to me. <laughs> Brian. I'm going to elaborate off some of what Malcolm was saying. This really is on both of them. Doc Rivers' coaching career could be a sign with what Ben Simmons is going to have to address and what they're talking about addressing is it sounds kind of major where they're talking about switching from left hand to right hand, which is going to be something that's going to be hard to do, but he has to do it. He's going to have to try to do it because looking at these numbers that I have, this is just some of the numbers I have for the regular season. He shot 583 field goal attempts for all, 406 of those from five feet or less. 125 was from five to nine feet. Mm. Wow. 37 was from 10 to 14. 37, this is a guard. Wow. And anything further than that was single digits for a wow. season. <laughs> so with Doc having to coach something he should have been addressing last season, having them shoot during the game, and if he didn't, he should have took them out and say, if you don't shoot, you're hurting the club because he's a veteran coach. He knows in the playoffs, 
your weakness is going to be exposed. It's going to be and exposed. man, he got exposed for the world to see. So what they got to do is get in the kitchen and start cooking with this ingredient. It might not be something you want to eat. Yes, yes, yes. You need you? a little more seasoning salt or something in there. Huh? How about you, Terry? Well, I look when I saw the press conference last week, and I saw what when Doc Rivers got asked if uh, this if Philadelphia can win a championship with Ben Simmons playing for this team, and Doc's response was he didn't know. And at first, I took that as like he's definitely not standing by Ben Simmons right now. He's kind of throwing him under the bus, but. I was able to kind of chew on it a little bit uh, over the past week. And I, I think, you know what he issued a, I think that was his challenge to Ben Simmons to step up your game. Um, he's expected to be a major part of this franchise um, winning a championship. And I think doc rivers is challenging him. And, you know, I, I would say doc rivers is partly to blame um, not so much for Ben Simmons, maybe just for coaching adjustments um, in their series with Atlanta. But I feel like that has to fall on um, Ben. Ben's got to get in the gym. Doc can't make Ben Simmons get in the gym uh, and shoot jumpers. I mean, one of the greatest players ever played a game, one of the greatest guards, Kobe Bryant, let's not forget, he shot four or three or four air balls in a, uh, in a Western Conference Series game against the Utah Jazz. Mm-hmm. And he went in after that, after that season and put in the work. Um, I don't see why Ben Simmons, given his size, his talent, um, his speed, can't do the same. Um, right. Exactly. I'm not asking you to be Steph Curry. We're just asking you to hit a, a, a 10 to 15 footer every now and then. So I, 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 I feel like Doc Rivers actually is standing by him because he he's he issued a challenge last week during that press conference. Now let's see what Big Ben does. AT, that was a knock on um Jason Kidd when he came in the league too. He couldn't hit yeah, a jumper. Exactly. And he developed that jumper that's you know he became one of the all-time best uh field goal uh field goal percentage shooter from three. It was incredible. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it's called work. Work yeah. on it. And I said it before. And what we've talked about, uh, Ben Simmons, before is what you have to do to get better, not what exactly. everybody else going to make you. Is what you got to do to get better. Exactly. You know, and and the game's different now, Malcolm. Just when you think about when Jason Kidd in early years, point guards, mm-hmm. all they did basically was dis- distribute the ball. Yeah. Now, right. nowadays, any position you play, you're expected to be able to pass, shoot, and dribble the ball. And hit free throws. Your centers are shooting threes. Now, yep. <laughs> so. and you got to be able to make free throws. I don't care. Your point yeah. guard can't make free throws. He ain't no good to you. Yeah. yeah. So Absolutely. true. And Emerson. Listen, I, I, I think this problem goes look back a little bit further um, from seventh grade on up. Ben Simmons has been a superstar on every level. Um, no one has ever really challenged him because he was just better than everyone else, probably from AAU basketball through high school and as he got into college. But now you're in the NBA 
and you have run into other players with skills that are better than yours and that skills that you need to be able to step up and match. You need to be able to shoot here in the NBA. This is a league. We have stretch fours. We have centers that can shoot the three. Ben, I'm telling you, brother, you have the talent to be a great player that this era have seen. You can defend. You can handle the ball. You have all the tools. But now let's add this to your game and let's let's make history, Ben, that in two or three years, I see you as one of the top players in this game, because I'm telling you, I, I, well, first of all, I hope you get traded to the Lakers. I, I'm, I'm hoping Rich Paul can work something out, get you Keep over dreaming. there with LeBron and AD, <laughs> and let's make it happen. If Philly don't want you, Ben, come on to L.A., bro. L.A., listen, Hollywood, you'll love it. But anyway, um, I think this comes down to the coaching, the, um, the offseason work that's going to need to happen that this man can become a better shooter and something Brian said earlier, I've been hearing talk of them trying to have him shoot with his right hand. I, I, I don't know how that's going to work or I don't know how that's going to um, be complete or complete him as a player. Um, so we, we're going to have to wait and see if you talking about a left-handed player who's been shooting with his left hand all of his life. Now he's going to be shooting with his right hand. That's going to be a wait and see, um, thing that we're going to have to sit back and watch. So uh, let, let's see how this works out. And Doc Rivers, this would be with, where some of your best coaching needs to come, or if you still have any coaching left in you, sir. Come on, Glenn. Mm. I, I think Doc Rivers has no other choice but to stand by Ben Simmons. Yeah. But all Doc can say to him is text him, call him, and – and put there, put out there, hey, are you working on your game? How's it coming? Because in the end, Ben has got to look in the mirror at himself and say, what am I going to do to improve my game? And it's just like mm-hmm. what Terry said about Kobe. Kobe knew exactly how embarrassed he was, mm-hmm. and he worked on his game. Now you're taking a look at Ben Simmons. You, you got embarrassed on national TV. Absolutely. That your game was bad. Now, what are you going to do about it? Because we all know during the regular season, defenses are a little loose. Come playoff time, whatever your weakness is, the coaches go to attack it. So oh, yeah. let's let's hope that um Ben Simmons um, works on his game because Doc Rivers is standing by his man. Kawhi Leonard, please, (laughs) please go sit with your team on the bench and don't sit in the luxury suite. (laughs) Terry, how do you feel about that? Um, I, I don't really understand it. Uh, I'm justifying it as this is something that, there's some information that we don't have um, just the general public. Um, I don't know if, if this is ownership trying to um, appease Kawhi Leonard because they fear that he's going to walk when his contract is up and they're trying to do everything in their power to make sure that he stays with the Clippers. Um, 
But just as from a, I guess, being a player on the bench for the Clippers, it's something that I'd be puzzled by because you would think um, you would want to see him on the bench. I know Brian and I talked earlier this week, just encouraging the younger players, um, you know, being in the huddles, you know, pointing out things that he's, he sees out on the floor, giving advice, just there for, you know, encouragement, you know, you see your star player out there, you know, on the bench cheering for you, that, mm. that, that might get some of these guys, you know, to score a couple extra points, you know, just off of um, being amped up, you know, and uh, I don't know, it's surprising me. I don't understand it at all. Interesting. How about you, Emerson? Um, I saw him up there sitting in the press box. And my first thought was um, there were too many steps to walk down to the floor um, because he has a bad knee. I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I was crazy. What is he talking about? They got elevators, bro. They got elevators in those stadiums. We we were about to freeze your screen this time. that's That's a long walk. That's a long walk from the press box <laughs> down to the floor, huh? You know, he's got to put pressure on that knee. I, you know, I was thinking, okay. Then I said, well, <laughs> you can have some of the guys that work there at the arena carry him down to the, you know, and then carry him back up if he wants to, you know. But anyway, no, um, all seriousness, I think um, he just um, needs to be there, his face in the huddle, as Terry stated, his face in the huddle, his his advice that he can give to players, his advice that he can speak to his fellow star, um, superstar player, um, Paul George, and say, hey, listen, man, they're they're, they're doubling you, they're they're trapping you. Whatever the language is, to be able to give that input. You are the face of our franchise. When I see you, I see strength. When you're up there, you're away from me. So so I I say this to that, um, Kawhi, you need to be there on the bench with your team being a support system um, when when someone's doing something wrong. Um, I think you can pull them while there's a timeout or while he's on the bench. Now you can say, hey, listen, when you get back out there, watch the pick and roll, whatever the, whatever the case may be, or watch the defense that they're trying to bring at you. Um, like Terry said, um, you need to be that star player, that superstar. And I know he's not a guy that really likes to talk a lot, but right now this is this is the, the, the conference finals. Listen, open your mouth, man, and speak, or or forever hold your peace. Hmm. How about you, Brian? It's not a good look for Kawhi to me as a team player. This is something I, I has no explanation that I can kind of see that he can justify. Uh, it's not like he couldn't get down to the floor. It's not like he had a broken leg where he was in danger of getting injured if he sat on the sideline. And I'm not 100% sure, but he may be the only player. Is he the only player on that team that has got a ring? And I don't know for sure because I have not checked that out. But if it if it is or if it isn't, he's one of the main players who has multiple rings and have been through the, the battles and know what it is to get there. So he should be on the floor encouraging them in any kind of way instead of sitting up 
and M called it the press box, but he was in the luxury box. Yeah, I was gonna say that. <laughs> so, I was gonna correct him. I didn't want to yeah, say nothing. Yeah. The luxury so, box. Oh yeah, because nachos any... are better in the luxury box. Exactly. Nachos, <laughs> whatever he may be drinking or whatever, while his team's down there battling. That that's that that doesn't look good. And um I haven't heard any reports of anything or teammates disgruntled about it, but that may come out later. And Kawhi may have all the plans. So we'll see how it all plays out. Mm-hmm. And how about you, Malcolm? Um, same thing that Brother B said, man. Doesn't look good. Because one, it seems like you're pulling yourself from your team and you and you, you know, separating yourself, you know, as a superstar, which he is he's a star on the team. He's a baller, he got the most, he got the rings and he's proved it. And he's done it in big time, big time basketball. But you got to be down at least cheering your team more and saying, look, like my man said, yo, if he's doing you on this side, play him to this side. He's a, he's a great defender, perimeter defender. He could put something in their ear, what he see on the floor that mm-hmm. they don't see, that coaches don't see. Like you said, all the help you can get is the best. Like you said, yo, listen, we got this. If they're doing this, push them this way, or we got this, yo, head fake them, you know, jab them and go right, go left, you know, keep finishing them. Like you said, just because you're on the on the bench and they see you there, that means that you're part of the team. I understand he got his family and whatever situation he he uh got with uh the owner, you know, to get a luxury bar, blah, blah, blah. This ain't a regular season game. Right. right. These, these, these are these are this is conference finals, okay? Now you gotta be out there. Like I said, it ain't like he needs a wheelchair brace or something. Okay, wheel him out there in a wheelchair then. Let him sit there. You know what I mean? If he doesn't have to stand up all day, but like I said, if he, if if he's getting treatment on that knee, then he should be down there on that on that on that uh, bench, especially when you're home. You know, I'm sorry. They can always put like a recliner down there for him. If he's got, <laughs> you know, just to make they ain't it, doing that. Make they ain't doing that. Uh, <laughs> they ain't doing that. They can bring those nachos down there though. He can eat those while The only the only thing I see is this: being a star like Kawhi you're a star and you see something in the game that I might be doing something wrong or one of the players might be doing something wrong that the coaches don't see it, but you see it. How can you tell anybody from up in the luxury box where that if you're down on the court, you can say, Hey, come here. Even if you don't get up, this is what I'm seeing. Or coach, this is what I'm seeing. You can't do that from the luxury box. So you're not a part of the team. You're distancing yourself from the team. And that's wrong. So I I, I, I kind of lose respect for him that way. Now, if I'm the owner, I have to be saying, okay, I put this in your contract. But... <laughs> Hey, wait a minute. This is the playoffs. I, you know, if you want to use this sometimes during the regular season, I understand that. But, man, come on. Get down there with your team. Show me that you show me that you're not going to do something like this during the playoffs that you want to hang out in the luxury box and ask for a a steak. Come on. No, I'm. You know, well, he can uh, buy his own stick. He getting paid. <laughs> yeah, but you're right. 
You're maybe right. maybe um maybe Uncle Dennis was sitting up there with him. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sure there. he was up know. there. But we're we're gonna we're, we're gonna move Robin? along. We're Uncle gonna move Dennis. along from um Kawhi. And, will the Phoenix Sun shine over the Los Angeles Clippers? Brian. They will. Eventually, I think they will. The Clippers, I, I'm going to give them a lot of credit. They could have folded up tent. They played great in all the games. They were right there in it, and they should have won game – was it game four? They should have won that one, and they blew it. But Phoenix, I think this may just be their year. Um, don't know the score right now, but I know the game is ongoing. Paul is at the cusp of going to uh, NBA Finals for the first time in his career. Booker is turning into, well, he is a star, but he's turning into a superstar right in front of everybody's eyes. And they just grown from the bubble. They just carry that over to the next season. So I, I think they will, definitely. And I can see them winning it all. And how about you, Malcolm? Let me say this first. The NBA champion will come out of the West. Uh, but I'll tell you now, as much as I'm pulling for the Clippers, it does look like the Suns are going to put them away. Not, it may not be this game, hopefully next game or whatever, but it looks like they're going to put them away. I wish, like I said, we just talked about Kawhi. I wish Kawhi was playing because he's a factor, hands down. He's an X factor. And and like brother brother uh, Brian said, you got to give them that credit. They playing great ball without them, and they only can do what they can do. They 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 you know, they're man down, they're man down, and uh, a big a big one at that. You know, a big big score, big defender, and he's a clutch player. He's truly a clutch shooter and a clutch player. And I I gotta give my I'm gonna say this right now. I gotta give credit to Paul George because although he missed the free throws, he should have hit the free throws in game two. He's been playing his butt off, man, and he's doing what he can do. He's learning how to win. He's learning how to close. I mean, true, I wish Kawhi was there with him, but he's still learning how to close. And this is what this is what it's all about. And they just don't have enough ammunition for Phoenix. Phoenix will pull us off, unfortunately. How about you, Terry? I think Phoenix will end up closing this series. Um or winning the series. And I, I just think it's, it's for a few reasons. I mean, Kawhi's out, but uh, game four, DeAndre Ayton is the X factor right now. Um, yes, yes. The Clippers cannot get anything, any, they can't score anything near the basket because of him. Um, Zubox cannot bring DeAndre Ayton out of the paint. And that that's really what's, in my opinion, uh, preventing Paul George from scoring more points than what he's scoring now. Because as soon as he gets to the rack, Ayton's there to block him. Um, anybody else that's trying to score near the rim, they just can't do it. Um, they Zubox, you can't, you know, you can't even pick and pop with Zubox because – Aiden's not going to respect them. And I, I truly think that Chris Paul, um, 
you know, LeBron, you got to give him all his credit. But if you just want to put, if you had to put down a resume in front of me and look at accomplishments on the job, Chris Paul could probably be your MVP over the past three years. Um, every team he goes to, they get better. Yeah. And it's not only the team. I don't know what Chris Paul has, but Cameron Payne took a major leap this year and is not the same player he was last year. Um, you know, I, I honestly think Chris Paul, when it's all said and done, if he decides to retire and, and become a coach, he might be a heck of a coach. So he's got he's got the magic touch, Midas touch, whatever you want to call it. Every team he turn he goes to, it turns to gold. So, and how about you, Emerson? Before I get to Chris Paul and Terry, you were very well, um, well um, put together on the Chris Paul resume. I applaud you there, my friend. Um, <laughs> rebounds means rings. I heard Pat Riley say that. And DeAndre, DeAndre, twenty-two rebounds the other night. I think he was one short of Charles Barkley's record, I believe, of 23 rebounds in, in the conference final. Um, listen, he has been a factor there. And I know we have uh, seen the game change a bit um, from the big man um, being a stretch four or whatever you, whatever you want to call that. But I still think you need that rim protector right there, somebody that can clog the middle up, as we would say years ago. Um, someone who we talked about um, on our one of our podcasts earlier this year, Mark Eaton, how he would clog the middle and be uh, a force there in the middle. And it was always something about the big man being a force in the middle. And he has earned his stripes in this playoffs. DeAndre, kudos to you. Chris Paul, Chris Paul, my man, Chris Paul, CP. Listen, he has done it everywhere, as Terry stated, everywhere. He's been, um, we know all the teams he's played for, but he puts his mark and he puts his stamp down. Phoenix will close this series out. And like, like Malcolm said, I believe they're going to bring it home and bring the championship to Phoenix, to um, Arizona. I mean, to the sunny, sunny city of, of Phoenix out there because uh, Chris Paul is going to be the factor in that, that championship is coming to the West. Mm-hmm. And final question, guys. Um, are the lights too bright for for the Atlanta Hawks, uh, Terry? Yes. Um, I, I would say this. Going into the playoffs, their attitude was they had nothing to lose. And I like that. I like this Atlanta Hawks team. Um, they remind me of a kind of – mini or junior Golden State Warriors team. They're young, they shoot, they have a lot of firepower, but I think just coming into this year's playoffs, they had nothing to lose and they played like it, but I knew they were gonna be a problem um, after I saw them beat the Knicks in the first game. I said, this team is just very talented all around, all positions, um, but I think they're kind of they're seeing facing a team like Milwaukee. They're, they're kind of coming down to earth right now, um, especially over these past two games. Uh, I think Milwaukee has kind of put them back into reality. And now they're kind of feeling the pressure 
of uh, trying to win some playoff games now. And uh, we'll see how this Trey Young injury plays out, but that, that could be the, the factor that kind of shuts their, their dreams down this year. But they're going to be a problem for years to come. If they can keep all their players um, intact, they're a problem. For not just for the Eastern Conference, but for the whole league. And how about you, Emerson? Rose oh, Malcolm. Yes. Let me say this. The, right now, this isn't their time. They overachieved, hands down. I mean, they, they played great base, basketball in this, uh, this tournament. I mean, they've been doing a great job in this NBA. Uh, that man, uh, Trey Young, he's a problem. He's a problem in the future. I mean, he can score from anywhere, and he he's, he's giving out great assists with that, you know, pick and roll. He also is, you know, just doing his thing, hitting that jump shot from the outside. He's knocking it down. Right now, they're getting great coaching. Got to give Nate McMillan his, his flowers, man. Yeah, him, Ty Lue, him, Ty Lue, and, of course, you know, Monty from uh, Phoenix. Give them their flowers. They're doing a great job in coaching and doing what they do. But Nate McMillan, he definitely does, did a great job at turning that team around. Like I said, he was picked up after the coach was fired, so he's an active, active coach right now. But, yes, so right now I think they're going to hit their brick wall when it comes to Milwaukee. This is this is it for them. Yeah. They ain't getting for a pass this point. And how about you, Brian? The lights are shining on them, and they're shining on them in a good way. They, they definitely achieve above expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually think the team is talented enough to beat Atlanta, but they're just not ready. They're too young. They don't have the experience. Um, but you can see they can give Milwaukee a hard time when they are clicking. And they're just young. So they're going to be a problem uh down the road and for the future, as T said, they're somewhat like a mini Golden State because they got shooters everywhere. So they definitely did good. And how about you, Emerson? Well, well, I have what I have to say is um, kudos to the Atlanta Hawks. Their light is shining bright. They. <laughs> made it to the NBA um, finals. So that was, I didn't see them playing for, um, for in the finals to go to the NBA championship, but um, their future is bright. So let's hope that they can uh, make it. And how about you, Emerson? Hey, listen, um, I, I think the lights are a little too bright for, for Atlanta, but they're going to be a team to be reckoned with down the, down the stretch and for years to come. Um, Nate McMillan, he has done a great job with that team. Um, I just think Milwaukee is going to um, make sure that they, they don't let the ball, you know, fall this time. And Giannis is a competitor. I think his competitive nature will come out and rub off on the rest of the team. You see how Chris Middleton is playing right now. And I think they're going to prevail and they're going to go against the Phoenix Suns in the NBA Finals. Um, I, I see that happening. Yeah. But great season, great season for the Atlanta Hawks. I mean, I'm sorry. Yes, yes. Um, that it had to end this way. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah, but they, 
they had a good, I mean, they're making a good run and it's not over until it's over. Yeah. That's what they say. Let's see what happens guys. um, You know, this, uh, we, I think we had a good show, but um, right now there are families that, um, that have lost loved ones and this is um a sad day yes because yeah. families are going to go through this for quite a while and from exo sports talk we our hearts truly go out to the families down at surfside absolutely yes, yes. amen absolutely. yeah and, yes um, yeah. we we hope that there are survivors that come out of this this tragedy absolutely tell your loved ones you love them yes yeah Um, never take it for granted every day emerson all right until next time ladies and gentlemen please join us again on our next episode um thank you for tuning in to exo sports talk live we will have some of the best sports news next week we're coming back at you until then, we'll see you soon. Thank you for tuning in. Absolutely. Good night, everybody. Going fishing. See you next week, everyone. <laughs> Good night, everybody.